It is difficult to see Jesus when you are in a hurry. How true that is. It is difficult to see Jesus when you are in a hurry. Is there any reason why this heater behind me can't be closer? It doesn't reach? Okay, got it. I can deal with that. All right. It is difficult to see Jesus when you're in a hurry, and how many know that? You know, the Holy Ghost can't move if you don't give him time to move. Many of you have heard me say that many times. Those that are in such a big rush, remember Martha and Mary? And how upset she got, Martha got with Mary, because Mary chose to stay and listen and hear what Jesus had to say. Praise God, he was only here for three and a half years. She wanted all she could get. Thank God. So that's what God is looking for in this hour. Those that are so hungry for the Lord and desire the things of God, he is revealing himself to each one of us. Acts 13, 22. The title for my sermon today is A Desirable Heart and Anointed Heart. So I want to say good morning to our visitors. I'm glad you came out today. This was quite a wild day to come out. Amen. Acts 13, 14. Pardon? Did I just blow it on this one? Is it 22? Yeah, I'm sorry. 13, 22. And when he had disposed him, deposed him, he raised up David to be the king. Of him he bore witness and said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, who will do all my will and carry out my program fully. He's saying, and he will carry out my program fully. That's what God has planned for us. And we need to hear his voice. We were born in this time. We were born again in this time. And God has a plan and purpose for our lives from the very, before the foundation of the earth. God had us in his plan for this time and this hour. And we need to rejoice. You know, we've had some rough years in the natural. The spirit is wide open right now. You can hear from him, do whatever. God is going to begin to move in areas that we've been believe, believing for for years. And it will be done quickly. So hang on to your seats and get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Because God's about ready to move on this earth like we've never seen. Don't be shocked. <laughs> of this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel a Savior in the person of Jesus according to his promise. Hallelujah. That's verse 23. Thank God. Is this me, Heather? Is that back there? Pardon? Oh, yeah. I want to read something off my phone. 
and I don't want to um, I don't want to turn it off right now so you know what I'm gonna go ahead and read this so we all know what's going on just kind of ignore this this has to do with um, after removing Saul he made David their king he testified concerning him I have found David son of Jesse a man of after my own heart he will do everything I want him to do I want God to be able to say that of me when I see him in the last days um, these verses I'm going to give you are out of the inter New International Version. Um, Psalm 62.9, if you want to turn there. Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on balance, they are nothing together. They are only a breath. So we need to be humble. We need to be humble before God, reverence. These are the following things that David, the heart of David has seen in his writings. Psalms 18.3, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I am saved from mine enemies. Hallelujah. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from mine enemies. That's reverence. David was respectful. Psalms 31, 9. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak, and with sorrow my soul and my body with grief. He was respectful before the Lord. How many of us have felt like that in the last probably year or two years? But things have turned around. Loving. In Psalms 18:1, I love you, O Lord, my strength. David loved God with all his heart. Devoted. In Psalms 4, 7, You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound he was devoted to god recognition i will and this is psalms 4 7 i will praise you i'm sorry psalms 9 1 i will praise you O lord with all my heart i will tell of all your wonders are you praising him with all your heart and telling people of all his wonders? He was faithful, Psalms 23, 6. Surely goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to God. He was obedient in Psalms 119, 34. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart. He was repentant. You know, if anybody blew it, David blew it, and he blew it big time. He didn't blow it little. He blew it big time when he blew it. But he was repentant. Psalms 25, 11. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. 
David's example is a great roadmap for how we are to live. Hallelujah. We need to write these down and study these and, and look at these. How we're to live. What God expects of us. And I praise God that he has given us the last time I prayed. That was probably, to me, one of the heaviest sermons that I have ever prayed. Especially the last, or ever taught especially the last verse. Okay, we're going to turn to 1 Samuel 13, 4. What is a valued heart? And we saw that in Acts 13, 22, that he raised David up, and David was a man after his own heart. Amen? Are we men and women after God's own heart? Praise you, Jesus. 1 Samuel 13, 14. God help us. That is our desire for this hour. Lord, send the rain, and he has sent the rain. You know, a lot of people think, well, rain is not a good thing. Rain is a good thing. You know, I, I told um, Laurel today when I asked her said, uh, some things about prayer, and she said, I don't like this wind. And I said, if we're going to have a rainstorm, let me have it all. The rain, the lightning, the thunder, the whole thing. You know, if you've ever lived in Oklahoma, when we went to Bible school there, you see lightning that hits the ground. I mean, it's, you know, it's exciting to watch. Pastor and I used to sit out on our porch and, and watch it. And if we're going to have a storm, give me all of it. I, you know, that's just how I am. So in, in 1 Samuel 13, 14... It says, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, uh, let's go up a little bit. I'm going to go to verse 1. Saul was 45 years old when he began to reign, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose 3,000 men of Israel, and 2,000 were with him in Meshmash on the hill country of Bethel. A thousand with Jordan, Jonathan in Gerbath of Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent away, each one to his house. Uh, we see that Jonathan smote the Philistine garrison at Geba. And the Philistine heard of it and Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land saying, Let the Hebrews hear. All Israel heard that Saul had defeated the Philistine garrison and that Israel had become an, ab an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called out to join Saul at Gilgal. And those Philistines gathered to fight with Israel 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen and troops like sand on the seashore in multitude. They came up and encamped at Mishmast east of Bethaven. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a tight situation for their troops were hard pressed, they hid in caves, holes, rocks, tombs, and pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews had gone over to Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilad. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal and all the people follow him, following him trembling. We are not a trembling people. How many know that? 
We have the word of God in us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each one of us if we're born again. The same, the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So I want you to see who you are and who he is and who we have in us. The greater one indwells us. And we need to see ourselves as more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. Amen? So he, you know, I was speaking to a um, pastor friend of ours last night, and the Lord um, had me to call him and share some things with him. And, you know, it, it was personal to him. And he kept thanking me because the enemy had been attacking him in a certain way. I had a few calls yesterday like that, two of them that I can think of right now. But God is in us. God is greater. God is in control. The word is everything. He sent his word. They cried unto the Lord, Psalms 107, 19 and 20. They cried unto the Lord. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. So we need to see here that here's Saul, a chicken. He's afraid. They're all shaking in their boots. This is sad. Um, where did I stop off? Um, so Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. And he offered the burnt offering, which he was forbidden to do. And he kept doing stuff he wasn't supposed to do. What a choice that they picked, right? They had to have, had to have a king. They didn't want what God wanted, and they got what, what they, they got what they wanted, okay? Now we have what God wants, and people are angry and demonstrating. Hallelujah. We can just laugh because God is about ready to move and deal with things. And when he deals with things, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, so we see. Bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offerings, which he was forbidden to do. And just as he finished offering the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came Saul went out to meet and greet him, and Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, Because I saw the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines were assembled at Mishmash, I thought the Philistines would come down and upon me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord, so I forced myself, I forced myself to offer a burnt offering. Hang on, church. We're getting there. He forced himself. My Bible does not want to turn the way I want it to turn today. So there we go. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly, have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. 
but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out David, a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince and ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. It's very important, church, when you know that the Lord has said for you to do something and it's backed up with the word of God, you do it no matter how many are there, who comes, what they have to say to you. It does not matter. What matters is what God says to you and it's backed up with his word. And I, I will be very honest with you. If you're going to do something for God, there will be those that do not like what you're doing and try to fight you and come against you. So you will not do it. But it doesn't matter. If God says for you to do it, it shall be done, no matter what it looks like. Amen? So Saul goes out. When Samuel goes, hang on. To, a new, to anoint the new king of Israel, he assumes David's strong and noble oldest brother must be the chosen one. We don't look at appearances. I'll tell you that right now. You know, there used to be an old song. Some of you are too young to remember this, but it said, don't make a, it's better to make an ugly woman your wife and you'll be happy. How many ever heard that song, Mike? pastor and I and probably Paul back there <laughs> you'll be take an ugly woman for your wife or you'll be happy for the rest of your life ladies we're so blessed we can fix anything there is anything there is there's something out there to fix it with amen so he looks at his oldest brother who evidently was tall, probably dark, and handsome. And um, do not look on the appearance or height of, of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks on the, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Hallelujah. God looks on the heart. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, if you'll turn there. Telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that aren't married, just don't go choosing the best-looking one there is out there unless God says that's them. But he was so good-looking, or she was. I'm not going to go any further, you know. If you've... If you've uh, we, we are all beautiful in this church because God made us beautiful and handsome, you know. But God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on what's on the inside, as we learned last time I taught. All right, 16.7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his appearance for the height of his statue, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not, a, not as a man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Thank God I got a husband that has a good heart. I thank you, dear. And you're good looking, too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Number two, that was what is a valued heart. Number two, the Spirit of God equips us to do the will of God. 
the Spirit of God equips us to do the will of God. The lives of David and Saul make it crystal clear that if we want to do God's will, we must fulfill what we must be filled with the Spirit. Be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. Although Saul is filled with his spirit and actually prophesies his spirit early in his public life, his disobedience caused the spirit to depart from him and instead rushed upon David, 1 Samuel 16, 13, and 14. Excuse me. He had all these brothers that Samuel's passing by. Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? No, no, no. And in verse, um, let's look at, let's start with um, verse 8. Let's just start, go with 8. Then Jesse called Abinadad and made him to pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then he said to Jesse, are all of your sons here? And Jesse said, there is yet the youngest. Any of you that are the youngest child, sometimes they kind of leave us out. But that's okay. God doesn't. There's a lot of youngest, youngest in the family that God chooses. Amen. So he says, hang on. Are all your sons here? Jesse said, there is yet the youngest. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said to Jesse, send for him, for we will not sit down to eat until he is there. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramoth. And the, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and troubled him. Saul's servants said to him, Behold, an evil spirit from God torments you. He must have been a mess. Okay. Without the spirit, we are powerless to fulfill the role which God has called us with. The Spirit enables us to obey God. The Bible assures that if we walk by the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5.16 Let's see what these desires of the flesh are. Boy, we're seeing a lot of fleshly desires out there in the world today. These women need to go to their homes and, and do what they're supposed to do. Pray. And take care of their families, not do these crazy marches. Praise you, Jesus. Galatians 5.16 But I say, walk 
and habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh, I'm reading out of the Amplified today, for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the flesh are opposed... Hang on. Desires of the... are opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other continually, withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear. Obviously, they are immortality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirits, factions, sex with peculiar peculiar opinions and heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence. Against such things there is no law that can, be, that can be bring a charge. And those who belong to Christ the Messiah have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. Let us not become vainglorious and self-conceited, and so it, it goes on. So we see that we are not to walk in the flesh, okay? The manifestations of the flesh, it's unbelievable. And it's, everyone should read this. Well, we should read this part every day. <laughs> That'll help you tone down some things. But at least once a week, everyone, everyone really should know it by heart. Okay, so we see the Spirit's presence is in us results in fruit which makes us effective in ministry, effective in our life, effective at work. It's so, I can't tell you how important it is to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
and you will find that those that don't, if you're really allowing your light to shine, those that don't will, and they're operating in the, in the flesh, will be trying to harass you continually. And the enemy will try, you know, it says, count it all joy, joy when we encounter, in James, diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of our faith worketh patience. And that's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Understand that. That is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And we know that, you know, count it all joy when you encounter these for the trying of your faith. The enemy wants your faith faith and so he wants your faith and he wants you to lose your patience so he can keep you down but we're not a people that stays down we bounce right up amen Ephesians 5:18. God is a good God I don't know how many times recently I've had to tell people that have felt like God's mad at them or God's this. Or God is a good God. John 10, 10, the thief, Satan, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is not a man that he can lie. Everything I do, I base on this word. Everything. Everything. If it's not in the word, then I don't want any part of it. Okay? So uh, Ephesians 5.18. Let's look at this. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns. Speak spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. So we're not to be drunk with wine. I'm, I'm going to just cut it here and be very blunt. We have so many wine bibbers in the church today. Every child molester that I have ever dealt with, ever, drank before they committed the act. I'm just going to put it bluntly. God talks about drinking. If you really study Jesus, the wine, water that he turned into wine, you need to do a study on it. Why would Jesus talk about wine being debauchery and then turn around and make fermented wine? I know this is going to tick people off, but I really don't care. If you don't know by now how blunt I am, I'm blunt. I used to, I know about wine. I used to be an alcoholic. That's that's not me anymore. I have no desire for it. Alcohol, wine, any of that stuff. Why? Because God says not to do it. It's point blank. If he says don't do it, don't do it. Amen. Give me an amen out there. All right, that's number two. Number three. It's better to fear God than to be nine feet tall. Amen? You know, we are not to fear man. I can't tell you how much the enemy wants us to fear man. 
There's nothing to, there's nothing to fear about man. God is in control and he will take care of you. How many believe that? God will take care of you. I like one thing President Trump said. He said he, they are going to go out and completely get rid of ISIS. They will be completely gone. That means D-E-A-D, dead. You know, all these people that were saying all these things that were going to take, take place at the inauguration and it went on and on and on to try to put fear into people. They were going to attack, attack Trump and all this. God has not given you or I a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Say that with me. God's not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I guess we have a sound mind. We have the mind of Christ. And you can't get any sounder than that. Amen? All right. David defeated Goliath. And let's turn to 1 Samuel 17, 32. You know, I'm, I'm just believing when we get to heaven, there's going to be a way we can go view all this. You know, we know the all the modern conveniences that are out there. You know, you can tape things on your TV and blah, blah, whatever. Everything new that's out there and something new comes out every year. But I'm believing we're going to be able to, if we want to see the battle where David defeated Goliath, we're going to be able to see it. Because I like, I want to see these things. That's how my mind works when I read things. Okay, 1 Samuel 17. Get excited. I don't know. Maybe you don't like our new president, and I don't know, but I'm going to support him um, with everything I have. If he says he's got our back, well, let's see how well he has our back. Amen? We need somebody that's got our back. At least he's not taking a salary. You say, well, he's rich. He doesn't need it. That doesn't matter. There's been a lot of rich people that have been president that took their salaries anyway. 1 Samuel 17, 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of the Philistines. Um, let's go, let's see where he comes in the scene. Well, we know that David's father sent him to go down and check on his brothers and bring them some lunch and see how everything was doing. So he did. He gets down there. I'm going to paraphrase this. He looks at this mess. What is going on down here? All the men of Israel are scared spitless. And he, he can't believe it. Of course, he had the anointing upon him. You've got to remember, when the anointing comes on you, you know, he had killed a bear, he'd killed a lion. He's like, this, this, that guy is nothing. With God's anointing on you, there is nothing that can stand in your way. Amen? Amen. 
It might try to. You might have to stand on the word by faith for however long till the manifestation comes, but it doesn't matter. God's word works every time. I don't care what anybody says. His word works every time. Okay, so here we are. And so his, his oldest brother in 28 gets mad at him and he starts blabbing away. Why did you come here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumptions and evilness of heart for you came down that you might see the battle. Boy, he was there the day that David was anointed. Okay. Um, that's, how many have ever had a brother or sister like that? Don't raise your hands. And David said, what have I done now? Was it, what is not a harmless question? Was it not a harmless question? And David turned away from Elib to another and he asked the same question and again the man gave him the same answer. When David's words were heard, they were repeated to Saul and he sent for him. Saul, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of this Philistine. Your servant will go out and fight with him. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go to fight against the Philistine. You are only an adolescent and he has been a warrior from his youth. How many times have you ever had someone tell you, you can't do that? I'm talking about things for God. You can't do that. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, sometimes it's better you don't tell people what God's told you to do. Just go do it. You understand what I'm saying? Unless God tells you to say something. When you're in the ministry, you're kind of open territory to whatever. Okay, and Saul said to David, you're not able. And let's see what David says. And David said to Saul, your servant kept his, kept his father's sheep. And when there came a lion or again a bear, he took a lamb out and took a lamb out of the flock. I went after it and smote it and delivered the lamb out of its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and smote it and killed it. That's a pretty wild story, you know, when you have, I mean, here's the king, chicken, and um, this young kid comes up to him and starts telling him all this. I, I mean, really put yourself there. When I read the Bible, I put myself there. I, I sit back. Sometimes I close my eyes and I begin to just visualize what's going on. I like to people watch people. I love to do that. And a lot of our vacation is spent doing that. I just, not that I'm, I'm going to talk against them. I just kind of like to watch them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nowadays, there's some pretty weird stuff to watch, but it doesn't matter. I think, um, never mind. I won't. Anyway, so um, here we are. And I went out and smote it and delivered the lamb out of the mouth. And when he arose, it arose against me, I caught it by its beard. Think about this. You're catching it by its beard. How many have ever seen a lion at the zoo? You grab, how many would like to grab it by its beard? 
I mean, we're talking, we're talking big stuff. Your servant killed both the lion and bear of 36 and uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them for he has defied the enemies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. He will. You need to underline this. He will deliver me out of the hand of whatever. He will deliver you out of the hand of whatever comes against you. You just need the word. Amen. The word coming out of your mouth and the abundance of the word in your heart. Out of the abundance of the mouth of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. Amen. And so David said, the Lord who delivered me. And, and then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of ma with mail. And David girded his sword over his armor. Then he tried to go, but he could not, he, for he was not used to it. Well, Saul was a big guy, putting all that heavy armor on him. He, he, he just says, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't need it. All I need is God Almighty and the Spirit of God on me. Church, that's all we need is God Almighty, the Word of God, the Spirit of God on us. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Nothing's impossible to God. The things impossible with man are possible with God. God said it. Jesus said it. Nothing's impossible with God. N there's a song, no, Nothing's Too Big for My God. I mean, you probably haven't heard that either because that's an old song. Um, some of you probably don't even know who Nancy Harmon is, but she used to sing that song. Nothing's too big for my God. Nothing. Absolutely say that. Some of you need to say that. Nothing's too big for my God. I mean, look at this. And David girded his sword over his armor. I am not used to them. David took them off. And he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's lunch bag, a whole kid's skin slung from his shoulder in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. Now, I want you to close your eyes or whatever and imagine this. He takes, he takes off all this heavy armor, and he grabs his slingshot and finds himself five smooth rocks that he knows he can work with, that he knows he can handle in his hand. You know, he, you know, God had something to use here. Okay. And then he took his staff, chose the five stones. Sorry about this. It's getting hot on my leg. Um, the Philistine came on and drew near to David, the man who bore the shield going before him. And when the Philistine looked around and saw David, he scorned and despised him, for he was but a 
adolescent with a healthy reddish color and fair face. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you should come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. That did it. That did it. We've had too many other gods spoken in this country. And the Lord has not been happy about it. And you come against Israel and you're messing with God. It's over, folks. We're in a new, a whole new realm now. God's happy. When God's happy, we're all happy. The ungodly are furious, but the believers are happy. Happy are the people whose, whose God is their Lord. So here he comes. He starts spewing out his gods. And... Um, He's got his shield man going before him. Good heavens. I, probably the shield on that man was bigger, taller than David. I could just see it now. And so we see here. <laughs> Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said, said you know, the Bible says that we have to say, we have to speak to the mountains, be thou removed. We have to speak forth the word of God out of our mouth, for out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaketh. So get used to speaking out the word of God at any object or thing that tries to come against you or has come against you. First, you've got to change your whole thinking Get, get bad thinking out of the way and begin to think like God thinks. And so here we go. You're going to eat me and feed me to the birds or whatever. You're gonna, this is going to be interesting because it's not happening. My God is my God and he is the one that's going to defeat you. Any second now, you are going to be gone. I can just think what David was thinking. I know my God. I know my God. So we go. Come to me. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. Don't let it bother you when non-Christians try to harass you. Of course it's going to try to, but now after this sermon today, you're going to understand. They are of another spirit. This is a, this is a good sermon for this. They are of another spirit. They're going to talk trash like the last sermon I did. I said, don't let the trash that they talk get into your spirit, man. Because they're going to spew it out there and you don't need it, and all you need is the word of God and a pure heart and, the, and a sound mind. Amen? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a two-parter. 
Sorry about that, but that's the way it is. So we see here that I want to get through this, David. So then David tells this guy what he's, where, what he's come with, and the day of the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and cut off your head, and I will give the corpse of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. One little guy is ready to go out and fight this enemy of Israel. And he's about ready to win. I can just imagine this Philistine, like, are you an idiot or what? And as the assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Glory to God. Remember this, underline it. The battle is the Lord's. Whatever battle you go through, it's the Lord's if you'll give the battle to him. So many people try to figure it out in their brains, figure it out some other way, think they're going to do it some other way. You've got to go to God, get his word, and do what his word tells you to do. There's no other way, church. How easy can it be? God doesn't make things hard for us. Okay? The enemy does, but God doesn't. And so, when the Philistine came forward to meet David, verse 48, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. So here we see there was a battle line. Remember I've shared when you're a kid, did you ever put a line there? Or you see, I used to see the boys do that. Put a line there and say, just step over the line. Come on, come on. I was kind of a tomboy, so I understand that. And then when they did, you punched them out. But I could just see it. The line was drawn. The battle line was drawn. And here we go. David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone and slung it, and it struck the Philistine sinking into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Wow. Can you imagine? I used to be a pitcher when I played baseball. That was, man, if I could have thrown a ball like that. But can you imagine one stone Knocks the guy in the head. God directs that stone, knocks him, and he's, it's out. It's over. That's where God is for us. He is ready to do anything his word says he will do. It's up to us. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and stuck down the Philistine and slew him, but no sword was in David's hand, so he ran and took over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And with the, when the Philistines saw that their mighty champion was dead, they fled. 
Now I can just imagine Israel excited. They came out of their holes. They were excited. They were ready. We're ready now. We can move. We can move on. Church, get ready. You get ready for what God is about and is doing in this earth right now. Be ready. Be prepared. Be spiritually prepared for what God is doing. Because he's doing it. No matter who tries to do what, God is doing it. And he is a mighty God. So David defeated Goliath in one of the most vivid examples of what fear of God can accomplish. David feared God more than he feared Goliath. So he was not intimidated by Goliath. That's a good word, intimidated. David believed the promises of God more than he feared Goliath. The Lord had promised the Israelites that they would conquer the Philistine, and David trusted him. God wants the same kind of fear to be pair of our lives. If we fear God more than anyone or anything else, we will be able to obey and please him in powerful ways. Of course, David is really a picture of the greater champion, Jesus Christ. David defeated the enemy and delivered a nation. David defeated one enemy, one enemy, think of this, and delivered the nation of Israel. Think of, think of how powerful this is. Christ defeated the enemy, the devil, sin and death, and sin, sickness, death, disease, poverty, and delivered his people for all time. And we will stop right there. Praise God. There is more to come. You have anything you want to share, Hanson? You sure? Just pray because we're going to start seeing some things so quick like this, like we've never seen them before. I'm excited. Are you? You know, if you didn't vote for President Trump, that's fine. You got him. <laughs> Let's watch and see. See, I had to reprint the prophecy that Arlene played. Thank you, Arlene, for doing that. Um, that guy had missed it in different times. And I had to repent when I heard that prophecy. I said, God, forgive me. The man's dead now. I said, God, forgive me. You know, any time that you see that you were wrong on something, you need to immediately repent. Don't hold off on it. Just repent then and there. So, Father, I just pray over every person that's here. I thank you, God, that they came out in this weather, that the rain is a blessing, <laughs> and you are really blessing California with rain. We look at these mountains that were so brown, and now they're green. We're asking you, Father, to send the rain, the spiritual rain on this nation, 
this church and these people, Father. And I give you the praise, Father. We have just begun a brand new journey in you and it's going to be exciting on what you're, to, what you're doing. Sarah herself receives strength to conceive seed. And I thank you, Father, what you have given, what you have promised, what you have done, you will complete the work that you began in Jesus' name. Bless these people this week. Amen.